Hey everybody, it's Doug Bursch and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. So uh, today I'm taking my second daughter to college. It's her first year in college. Big event, huh? Yes, I'll be in tears by the end of the day. So when you head off into the great unknown, you have to know who you are and why you exist. Otherwise, you might be dangerous to others and dangerous to yourself. Today we're going to talk about knowing who we are in Christ and why that's central to our mission here on Earth. Also, we're going to talk about how Amazon thinks I'm a dog brush. Thanks for listening to this Wednesday edition of the Fairly Spiritual Show. As you know, we bring you uh, two shows a week. At least that's the goal. Uh, On Fridays, we'll have the radio show that's on KCIS. I'd love to expand that beyond KCIS, but right now, that's where we're at at uh, 6.30 a.m. KCIS in the Seattle area at 1 o'clock. And then we have a Wednesday podcast, and that's what you're listening to right now. And I'm actually recording this one on Wednesday, Wednesday morning, And after this show, uh, I'm going to go with my wife. We're going to get in the van with my wife and my daughter, and we're going to head to school, and we're going to drop off my daughter at her dorm. This will be her first year in college, my second daughter, and it's a big day. Uh, Man, I don't know how I'm going to do it. It seems tough. I just don't want to cry on uh, this podcast right now. Yes, I don't have a problem with crying. I don't think there's anything wrong with men crying. It's healthy. But I don't cry with like one tear just streaming down my face. I ugly cry, right? I I break blood vessels <laughs> in my eyes, you know. I just like that kind of thing. It's not it's it's not a movie cry. You <laughs> you you're not going to be like, "Oh, of uh, thinking of me as the romantic lead after I cry." You're going to be like, Dude, you need help. Are you all right? You okay? So, so anyway, I, we're, we're going to be doing that later in the day. And it got me thinking about this reality as I've been talking with my daughter, who's so much just ready. She's an amazing woman. My kids, I love them. They do a tremendous job. They're better students than I was. They're just better at life than I was at their age. I'm, I'm not worried about their future. Uh, But it got me thinking about this reality. If you don't know who you are as you take those next steps in life, you're dangerous. You're dangerous to yourself and you're dangerous to others. You got to know who you are. And sometimes Christians blame the school systems or the colleges for what they do to your kids. But the reality is, if your kids don't know who they are, then they're in trouble wherever they're going next. And it's not the job of the schools to inform your kids who they are, especially when they're 18. They better have a strong sense of who they are as they're moving forward into life. So I want to talk about that today. Uh, But before I do it, I got two things to bring up. One, you're not supposed to let people know about little things that are going on that might distract you. But I'm not that kind of person. I'm the kind of guy when I'm preaching in the church, I'll go, hey, does anybody else hear that buzz? And then everyone else hears that buzz. (laughs) But I'm in my home studio right now, and we have two little cats 
And those cats are just running around crazy. And so if you hear things toppling and if you hear a, a squirt bottle full of water spraying a cat, uh, you're not just hearing things. That's me going after the cats. Uh, so if I shut them out of the studio, they'll go nuts and claw at the door. Uh, and if I let them in, they'll go nuts as well. So, so just there you go. There's some secrets <laughs> behind what's going on. I don't think I'd share that on the Friday radio show. But for those of you who listen to the podcast on Wednesdays, that's the secret stuff you get here. Another thing, hey, could you please buy my book? I'd love for you to read it. I think it'll encourage you. Go to fairlyspiritual.org. Uh, speaking of buying my book, and speaking of if you don't know who you are, you're dangerous, I got to tell you about this this uh, battle I am in with Amazon. Uh, as you know, Amazon.com, uh, Amazon basically owns everything, right? Or eventually they will own everything, or everything will be sold through Amazon. Now, I have published my book through Amazon, my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. And so it comes out in a couple forms. I, I have a paper pack, paper pack, paper pack? Paperback, paperback, say it again, Doug, paperback. I have a paperback version uh, through Amazon. I publish it through them. I also uh, have a digital version, Kindle. Amazon owns Kindle. And I have an audio version, Audible. And Amazon owns Audible. I mean, they own everything. It, think about something. They probably own it or will own it. So I, I guess I should go with the independent internet store, but the reality is they do not have the distribution that Amazon has. And up till recently, I was all on board like, hey, this was easy, nice to do. You know, I could sell my books, no problem. But I've run into a little bit of a hiccup. And the hiccup is this, that when people go to Amazon, and I'm not making this up unless they change it in the next few hours. But if you go to Amazon and you type in my name, if you type in Doug Bursch, now remember, they're selling a product of mine that they get a commission from because I sell this product through them. They, they are the ones who print my book and they're the ones who, you know, by working through Audible and through Kindle and through their, their publishing house for, for uh, print, we used to be CreateSpace and now it's Kindle. By doing that, they, they get money from me. By selling my book, how, how little, the little amount that they sell, they still make money from it, right? So, if you type on Amazon, on their search engine, Doug Bursch, D-O-U-G-B-U-R-S-C-H, instead of getting anything related to me, anything related to the community of God, instead you just get a list of dog brushes. <laughs> it says, did you mean dog brush? And then it gives you all kinds of wonderful options for dog brushes. Not like even nine dog brushes in at least my book. And uh, early on, a few months ago, people kept telling me that, hey, when I searched your name, it says dog brush. Now, my book actually has, for, for the author, it says Douglas S. Bursch. You know, you put Douglas, you're more official, more, you know, so I thought more scholarly. Most people call me Doug. If you call me Douglas, you're probably my mom or I'm in trouble. But anyway, you know, I put Douglas S. Bursch, but Amazon has not figured out that Doug is a shortened version of Douglas. So if you if you type in Birch, perfectly fine. If you type Douglas Birch, you'll get to my book. But if you type Doug Birch, suddenly dog brushes come up because somehow Amazon believes that people constantly, uh, mistakenly, instead of typing brush, they type Birch. 
which I don't think anyone on the face of this planet has ever mistakenly typed Bursch uh, for brush. Because again, Bursch is B-U-R-S-C-H. There have been maybe 30, 40, 50 people who've sent me little responses of, hey, look at this funny thing. When I typed in your name, this is what I got. So I went to Amazon. You know, I politely said, hey, there's a little mix up here. Could you make it? So uh, when I type, people type my name in, you know, my name comes up. And the first tech guy said, hey, there's nothing we can do about it. That's just the search engine. Maybe you should change your name on your book. And then I'm, I'm like, this is kind of the scary world we're into where he literally is saying, you know, the search engine is right. You're wrong. And then I, I went a little deeper. I said, that, that's ridiculous. You know, maybe, maybe we should do something different. I had someone else on social media say I was being selfish to want my name to be searchable. So eventually, after I worked with several emails back and forth and threatened to shame them, you know, politely shame them on social media, they came back and said, oh, I think we got it fixed. And if you typed Doug Bursch, my book would come up. You know, if you typed what you wanted, you got what you wanted, which is just a profound It's kind of funny in this sense. They have this elaborate algorithm that will guess what you wanted when you did it wrong. But if you do it right, it assumes you did it wrong. Let me let me say that again. So they have this elaborate algorithm that will guess what you wanted when you do it wrong. But when you do it right, it assumes you did it wrong. That that is, if anything, that would be a wonderful analogy of the technological age we live in. And uh, so then I thought it was all figured out. I moved on. Lo and behold, someone said, hey, I, t- I typed your name in there. I got all these dog, brush- dog brushes. So I'm in a little bit of an ex- uh, I was not going to say exponential crisis. Existential crisis here that I don't know if I exist online anymore. I'm competing with dog brushes. I'm, my kids think it's pretty funny for our Netflix. They have a picture of a dog there and my name... Uh, they have dog brush for my account, so that they think it's pretty hilarious. But it, it's it's a little troubling that my great fame has not allowed me to surpass dog brushes. I don't know what to do. I, I'm either thinking my next book needs to be about dog brushes, or I I, I don't know. How, how do you fight the system? All this to say. It got me thinking about the concept of if you don't know who you are and if you don't have some sense of worth about who you are before you enter into ministering the kingdom, uh, you're in trouble. You're going to cause some problems. You have to have a, a sense of your own identity and your own worth. I want to ask you this question. I want you to think about this. Why did Jesus get baptized? Why was Jesus baptized? And just think of a question right now. Speak, you know, speak out loud. Maybe you're just walking down the road. Say it out loud. People think you're weird. Maybe they'll think you're talking to someone on your, you know, your, your phone or something. But why was Jesus baptized? Why? What's the reason? What, what reason would you give for that? Why did Jesus go in the baptism waters? Now, we know that John the Baptist was baptizing people for repentance. Why would Jesus go in those repentance waters? Did Jesus need to repent of anything? Jesus is the Son of God. He's the sinless, perfect Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Why would he need to go into the waters that represented people needing to repent and prepare themselves for the righteousness of God? 
If you understand why Jesus was baptized, then you'll understand why you need to be baptized and why you need to settle this issue, that until you understand your worth in God, you're a dangerous person to others and you're a dangerous person to yourself. We're going to talk about that when we come back from the break. Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Doug Bursch. It would encourage me greatly if you could go to my website, fairlyspiritual.org, and check out what we have there. Uh, I have information about my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. Uh, You can pick it up there, a signed copy, or you can go to Amazon and you can get a book there as well. Uh, Also, uh, if you want to donate to keep the radio show on the air, I'd love it if you donate. There's ways to donate. And uh, you can also see blogs and past podcasts and how to subscribe to this show. Just go to fairlyspiritual.org. You're the one who keeps this ministry afloat. It matters that you participate in any way possible. So please go to fairlyspiritual.org. I greatly appreciate you listening and sharing this show with others. Thank you. All right. So if you just joined us and if it's the podcast, you're still with us, right? Uh, I want to, I'm just going to set the table. I asked you, why was Jesus baptized? And often people, when I ask groups this, they, they don't know. They don't know the question. And they'll say, well, you know, just in general, it's what you're supposed to do. But I want to read this scripture, uh, one in from Matthew on Jesus's baptism, and show you how Jesus actually was baptized as an example for us to follow. But sometimes because, you know, Jesus is the son of God, we say, well, his baptism is totally different than ours because, you know, clearly he he didn't need to repent of anything. But Jesus actually showed us a level of repentance, a different kind of repentance, that he was not repenting of his sin. He was actually doing something else that every other Christian, that every Christian must do as well. Uh, But you're saying, Doug, I'm confused. What are you talking about? Are you bringing a new theology in here? First, let's just do some scripture here, and then I'll tell you what I mean. So uh, let's, let's look at Matthew 3, uh, the baptism story there. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would, have been preve- John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So I asked you the question, why was Jesus baptized? Now, why were we baptized? Well, you know, the reality is we had given our life to Christ. Christ had saved us from our sins, right? forgiven us of our sins, given us new life, given us eternal life, reconciliation with God, restoration in our relationships with others. And so for us, baptism could mean a lot of things, but it, it can be an outward sign of an inward expression. In the New Testament, baptism in the New Testament age, baptism was a sign that you couldn't go back. If you were publicly baptized during the time of Jesus, you were basically shaming your family. If your family had a different religion and you publicly baptized yourself or had yourself baptized into the name of Jesus, uh, people would disown you. It'd be similar to the Muslim world today, right? You would, you would be disowned by your family. You'd lose your inheritance. 
you lose your position in society, you basically are saying, my life is hidden in Christ. That's why in the book of Acts, you had people selling their properties and giving to the poor. The poor were the people who had been disowned. They were the people who had nothing left, who had been abandoned by their families because they were publicly baptized. You could privately say, I love Jesus, but once you were publicly baptized, you basically were kicked out of your families, disowned by your the eldest male in the family because the eldest male in the family ran the family. Whatever the eldest male's religion was, was your religion. Whatever your husband's religion was, was your religion. Whatever your master's religion was, was your religion. So if you were a slave and you gave your life to Christ, or a, a woman and you gave your life to Christ, or a younger male and you gave your life to Christ, uh, you're basically shaming your elders or your husband or your master, and there's a good chance that you're going to be beaten, you're going to be divorced, you're going to be kicked out of the family. You're not going to have anything but the church as your future. And so public baptism was a dying to yourself and truly saying, for this life, the rest of my life, I will be living for Christ and living for his church. So it's more than just a public confession of faith. It truly was a uniting oneself with the body of Christ. But for Christ, he is not making a public confession of his sins. In fact, he's really confusing things at the beginning. Uh, he's going into waters that are for repentance. And that's why John's like, don't do this. Don't you know what this is? This is for repentance. And if you introduce yourself as the sinless one by going into the waters for sinners, you may confuse people. So why does Jesus do it? Well, this is what I believe. Jesus is a perfect man, and Jesus had tremendous strength and power within himself. He is the incarnate one, the word that has become flesh, and, and he has come to walk this earth as the second Adam, the Adam who does it right, not wrong. Adam was created with tremendous strength. Adam was created in the image of God to be fruitful, to multiply, and have dominion. But Adam used that strength not to serve God, but to serve himself. Adam, instead of just eating from the tree of life, ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and decided for himself to make his own decisions, to go his own way, and to use his own power for his own selfish gain. Jesus, full of power, full of authority, having this great capacity, instead of using that capacity to serve himself, laid his life down at the beginning of his ministry. The baptism for Jesus is this. Jesus says, basically, in going into the baptismal water, not my will be done, but the Father's. Not my strength, not my power, not my life, your life, Father God. See, Jesus could have done amazing things in his own strength. But instead of doing things in his own strength, he surrenders his will to the Father not just at the cross, but in the beginning. Jesus does the opposite of what Adam and Eve did. Adam and Eve were created with tremendous power, but instead of surrendering and following the Father's will, they go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so that they can use their created power to serve themselves. Jesus, in his powerful incarnate self, surrenders himself into the baptismal waters and says, not my will be done, but the Father's will be done. And we know this because he comes out of the water and the Holy Spirit descends upon him. And from that point on, it's I only do what the Spirit leads me to do or I only do what the Father leads me to do. And Jesus can say, if you've seen me, you've seen the, the Father. 
that it's not his will, it's not his way, it's the Father's. And we know immediately, full of the Holy Spirit, he's sent out into the wilderness to be tempted. He fasts and he prays and he's tempted by Satan. And again, his will is to do the will of the Father. And his sustenance is not his own power and his own authority or the power and authority of the world or the power and authority of Satan, but his will and his sustenance is the will and the sustenance of the Father through the leading and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So the, the dove descends upon Jesus, and it's such a powerful image because the dove is the smallest sacrifice in the temple. So the dove descends on Jesus, that Jesus is the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And the dove descends upon Jesus as the dove descended upon the new earth after the great flood, that Jesus is the new earth, just as the you know old earth was consumed in the waters, and as Noah sent out the dove to find the new earth, now this dove lands on the new earth, which is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, as he lays himself into the water, it's that every other way of man is dying with this, that the way forward is this through Jesus Christ. He is the new earth. He is the way, the truth, the life. And the dove obviously descends upon Jesus in this way, that Jesus will be led by the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. But there are two things that happen. That's the leading of the Holy Spirit, and what's the other? The Father says, this is my Son, in him I am well pleased. Before Jesus does any miracles, before there's any signs and wonders, before anything happens that anyone can praise Jesus for, the Father says, I want you to know that this is my Son, and I'm pleased with him. It's an outward verbal voice. This is my son. I want the world to know that I love my son, not because of anything he's going to do, but I just want you to know I love him. I want you to know that Jesus is going to minister not to gain my love, but from my love. From the beginning of Jesus' story on earth, it's a story that the Son loves the Father, and the Father loves the Son, and the Spirit loves the Son, and the Son loves the Spirit, and the Father loves the Spirit, and the Spirit loves the Father. There's perfect love within our triune God. And none of the actions in our triune God are done to earn love. They're all done as an expression of love. That Jesus moves forward as an expression of love. So how does Jesus minister from that point on? The power of the Holy Spirit and the favor of the Father. This is why it's incredibly important for us to know why Jesus ministered or why Jesus was baptized, because it's a baptism we must enter into as well. That we are baptized not just to show people that we've been saved by Christ, but we are baptized so that we also surrender our power, our authority, our creative capacity, our ability to be fruitful and multiply and have dominion and all the amazing things that God has done in our life and all the amazing giftings that we have, we surrender everything into those waters. And we say, not our will be done, not our strength, not our power, not our giftings, just the Father. May the favor of the Father lead us and may the power of the Holy Spirit be our guide. That we do the same thing. We say, I will live my life not based on my wants and my desires, 
and my insecurity, but I will live my life based on the leading of the Holy Spirit and the favor of the Father. I'm taking my daughter to college today, and that's what I'm going to tell her, and that's what I've told her throughout her life. I don't care how she measures up to other people. I don't care whether she's successful in the eyes of the world. I want her to know that God is always talking to her and that God loves her and that she is favored in the eyes of God, so favored that that God sent his only son to die for her sins and to rescue her from her sins and to identify with her where she's been sinned against. And that all she needs to do in life is to live for the one who loves her and to minister to others out of that love, not to earn love, not to earn favor, but that she can know that she is highly favored and highly loved. And she can also know this, that God has not abandoned her or forsaken her, but that God is close to her and with her and near her and leading her through the power of the Holy Spirit. Make room for the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life and the favor of the Father. Thanks for listening. I'd love for you to go to fairlyspiritual.org and uh, pick up my book, The Community of God, a Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. Or if you could donate to keep this show on the air, that would be great. All right, I'll see you next time. <laughs>